This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergat. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. On these Thursdays, the voice of the Golden Gophers, Mike Grimm, joins us. Uh, Grimmer, it's a game day for you. Do you have state fair duties today as well? Well, as we talk right now, I am looking at the big needle on the state fairgrounds um, <laughs> in search of a parking spot soon. So, yes, I will um, do a little appearance at the state fair to help promote our broadcast tonight and then go home. Um, my hope, uh, as I was planning my day yesterday for today, my hope was I would catch a nap. Um, yeah. And uh, looking at how much work I still have to do, there's zero chance I'll be napping. We're still uh, uh, knee deep in getting ready for Nebraska, Minnesota, which is great. It's why we do it. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to be totally honest here. This is as ex- I don't know why. Uh, maybe as you get older, you 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 you, uh, you know just really feel uh, gratitude for things. I I've not been this excited for an opener, and I'm always excited. I mean, I feel lucky yeah. where I'm at, but I am just so stoked for this game tonight. I think it's a it's because it's a Big Ten West game. Nebraska brings a little extra cachet. Um, you know, it's a divisional game, which is important. It's not Buffalo or New Mexico State. I mean, this is I'm, – I'm ready, man. I'm excited, and hopefully the Gophers can deliver a good uh, effort and performance here tonight. Yeah, jumping right into uh, Big Ten play, uh, that's for sure. They don't always open against a Big Ten opponent. It's a little unusual, isn't it, to, to have a conference opponent right out of the gate? It has been, but I think as long as the Gophers uh, continue to open on Thursdays, and part of that is because of the fair, and the yeah. on Saturday the fair, you know, has always got such big attendance, um, and and they need the the parking at the U. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, when they built the new stadium, part of that deal was remember they opened on the road the first couple of years, mm-hmm. and I remember Jerry Kill like this ain't happening anymore, and so they started to play on Thursday, and that was kind of the agreement that came with. Um, so that is the backdrop. I would say with TV and with the expansion of the Big Ten and everything else, as long as the Gophers continue to open at home on a Thursday, I think it'll be – I think TV is going to say we like the conference game. We're going to put a Big Ten opponent on that. Remember, two years ago it was an Ohio State game, hmm. um, and that was – Ohio State was a really good team that year. I think they made the playoffs, and the Gophers had them on the ropes in the third quarter before Muhammad Ibrahim uh, ruptured his Achilles and then – C.J. Stroud, who was making his first start that night in his college career, started to dial some stuff in in the fourth quarter and ended up uh, a little more lopsided than probably what that that game was. And then the COVID year, when they only played conference games, they opened at home. Ah, Um, And I can't remember if that was a Saturday or a Thursday. You know, that year was kind of a lost year. They opened against Michigan that year, 2020. So they have... And I think it's going to continue, but generally you're right. I, I'm just even a year ago it was New Mexico State. Remember yeah. Jerry Kill brought his team in, and yep. it was Buffalo in PJ's first year. So, um, but I, I think that I think you're going to see more and more of these uh, conference games for TV purposes. And you referenced it's a Big Ten West division matchup. This is the last year of divisions, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. I'm interested to see, though, where it goes. I just find it hard to believe that the Big Ten is going to have 18 teams. I mean, that's that's a fact. Next year there will yep. be an 18-team Big Ten, and it could. And who knows? I mean, next for all we know, next week they'll add two more or four more. Or who you know? Yep. It, it's a crazy time right now. But let's assume it's 18. Man, I just think that's hard to say. All right, 
you're going to play nine conference games as we have, that basically means you're not going to play eight of the nine. Because if it's 18, you can play a possible 17, right? 17 yep. opponents. You're only going to play nine. That's eight guys you're not going to play. And the, I mean, it's going to always be decided with tiebreakers and everything else and crossovers and who, you know. So I, I find it hard to believe that they won't do divisions or eventually pods you know, maybe four or five team divisions or something like that. Yep. But who knows? Uh, as of right now, you're correct. Um, it's the last year of the West, so uh, for the moment, it's the last chance Minnesota will have to win the division. And um, the West games, frankly, are a little more important, I think, because when you think about it, uh, I think I'm thinking logically here. Uh, for example, let's say Minnesota wins tonight. Not only do they go 1-0 and in the Big Ten, but a team they're directly competing against in the West goes 0-1. So you're hanging a loss on them. Where Let's say it was Ohio State, and let's say, again, for the fun of the discussion, Minnesota wins it. Uh, that'd be awesome. They'd be 1-0. But Ohio State going 0-1 has no impact whatsoever on the West division. So tonight, it's you know it's a double dip. It's kind of like when you know the, the the Guardians and Twins play. You know it's a two game swing one way or the other. The Twins held on yesterday. They're up seven. They yeah. didn't. They're only up five. So um, that's why even tonight is a, is a bigger game. The West Division games are, are you know just a tick more important because it, it really has a double meaning for both teams. It's important that Ethan Kalik Manis got a chance to play as much last year as he did. He should be ready to go. I mean, a lot of guys who become a starter, the QB1 for the first time, they're coming in fresh and maybe don't have college playing experience. At least he got some of that last year. 100%. Totally uh, agree. Great point. I, You know, at the time, um, two things. At the time, there were some people that, you know, oh, man, too bad you know tanner morgan's been the starter and and you know we all love tanner there was i think a, a fraction of the fan base that was like you know i think you know let's see what Ethan has and now you know many months later um i think everyone can be thankful that he played i mean he ended up playing in like nine or ten games last year he started four or five yeah um and and by the end was good he was freshman of the week in the big 10 the last regular season week of the year had that great game at wisconsin remember that wisconsin defense was top 10 in the country that was the only thing that kept them into it got them into a bowl game they were six and six last year wisconsin and ethan kelly managed through for 319 yards in that game um wisconsin's defense wisely i think i think it was a good decision said we're going to make um the young freshman beat us. We're not going to let Muhammad Ibrahim get his, you know, one million straight 100-yard game. So they focused on Muhammad, and um, the freshman beat him. And and then he was really good early in that bowl game uh, before he got hurt. So I think he's coming in with confidence. The other thing I'd say is he remember he came in at halftime against this Nebraska team down there. Uh, Tanner did not play well in the first half. Last play of the first half, um, he got smothered by a guy and suffered bruised ribs and a concussion on one hit, and the Gophers were down 10-zip at half, and Callie McManus led Minnesota to 20 straight points, and they ended up winning that game 20-13. to mm-hmm. So I think he's got to feel good about going against Nebraska and also just feel good about how he closed that year out. And you're right, those games he got last year, I mean, you just got to feel way better about oh, yeah. that position now than if, well, we know he's talented, but he's never taken a snap. Yeah. Let's let's throw him out there. Let's see how this goes. Uh, PJ doesn't have to do that. He can he can say I'm pretty sure I know what I'm going to get uh, from Kaliak Manis. The results may differ, obviously, but he but he knows that he's going to get out of him because of that playing time last year. No doubt. And and look, the, I, I've been touting him. You know, we've talked about it a few times. I the kid's got a, a special arm. It's mm. a really good 
Uh, it's a quick release. It comes out of his hand beautifully. Uh, it's a spiral most times. Um, like, like I, I don't think I'm talking. I, I think his his upside. Like people say, what's his ceiling? If he progresses over the next few years, his ceiling is he he can be on an NFL roster and maybe even be an NFL starting quarterback. That yeah. that's the kind of arm talent and some of the mobility he's got. The innate stuff, six four, you know, two twenty five. That's 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 NFL size quarterback. Yep. Um, so now the question is, can he and the coaching and the development can they get him to a point where all right, he's reading the defense right, he's getting the ball to the place he's supposed to. It's on time. It's on target. He's stepping out of pressure, not taking sacks, throwing the ball away when he wants. And you know, for all of what we just said, like I said, I think he's going to be making his fifth career start. So you're right. There'll be some growing pains. He'll throw some terrible passes. I'm sure tonight. I'm sure over the course of the season, you're going to. Hope, you know, maybe they'll luck out a little bit with some of it. But on the flip side, I promise you there's going to be times, and hopefully it's more than the than the other side, uh, there'll be times where you're like, holy cow, we haven't had a guy that can make that throw for a long time. Like, in, and, and you see, I see it, you know, the, the times I've been fortunate enough to, uh, you know, climb over the fence and sneak into practice without anybody seeing me. Um, they, uh, you know, he, he really does throw some, uh, you know, some really on – target strike passes i think that back shoulder throw which has become a big thing this gopher receiving room i think they are um that they're they're in a size and a and an advantage particularly tonight uh nebraska's defensive backs are not all that tall i think we'll see a steady dose of i think we'll see a steady dose of that type of you know throw the you know mike uh, chris altman bell and some of these others Throw the ball on the back shoulder and let them let them go fight because they're really good at that. And he can just throw that ball on a rope to that back shoulder. Yeah, and then he's got that monster Brevin Span Ford. He should really be an effective red zone weapon this year. Yeah, you know he was the leading. Re- he is the leading returning receiver in terms of uh, receptions. And I think I think you know if Minnesota ends up where they want to end up, I think you're you know again the first thing you got to do is assume health. So let's do that. I think Brevin Span Ford could be in for a, you know, a sixty reception kind of a season. Uh, you know, and, you know, score six or eight touchdowns, and more would even be better. But you know, tight ends, you know, that that's a hell of a year for a tight end. Yeah. If you can in the Big Ten, you go, you know, that's a T.J. Hawkinson at Iowa kind of a year. If you can go grab sixty passes and score six or eight touchdowns. Um, I think you know. I think he can be on that. I, I think he can do that. And obviously, that'd be a, a huge shot in the arm for this Gopher offense. They've had a bell cow running back or multiple ones sometimes due to injuries ever since Flack arrived. Who is it this year? Yeah, I think it'll be by committee. They have Sean Tyler, who was a second team All Mac running back at Western Michigan, had a thousand twenty nine yards last year. Um, but the most carries he had in the game, even though he was their bell cow, as you say, mm-hmm. was 17. Ah. So, you know, that, that would have been a nice quarter for Mo Ibrahim, right? Yeah, uh, right. 17 carries. <laughs> that's and right. So, so that's a, uh, you know, that, that's going to be an adjustment. Um, I don't think he's going to be a guy who, um, I, I don't think he's a guy who's going to end up with, um, you know, 25, 30 carries. So I think he'll, he, he's going to start. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And then um, there, there's some guys behind him. True freshman Darius Taylor, um, he's learning the system. This guy has some real special talent. He is a guy that is going to, um, uh, you know, he, he's already 220 pounds. 
Um, he's the guy in the spring game that uh, when they did went to the two point conversion uh, sudden death thing. Yep. He got hit at the uh, the one and a half yard line and just basically said, "Okay, I'm not going to get stopped." And he rolled uh, over two guys and got in for the game winning two point conversion. And at that point, I'm like, "Okay, this kid this kid means business." Huh. And so that was my impressive. So he's going to get carries tonight. Zach Evans is going to get carries tonight. And then Bryce Evan or Bryce uh, Williams, who's in his sixth year, um, and um, and he, you know, he's kind of been that third down back. He had fifty plus carries a year ago. He'll be coming in, you know, third and eight. He's he's the pass protect guy, uh, can catch a ball out of the backfield. So I think it'll be more by committee. I don't know if we'll okay. have that Ibrahim Rodney Smith go carry it thirty three times in a game, and and I think that's fine. It's yeah. pressure legs. And the other thing about Tyler, I'd say, in looking at his stats, Sean Tyler, the transfer from Western Michigan, um, he has that giddy-up. Uh, you know, Mo, for all of Mo's great strengths, um, and I think back to that Iowa game, you know, he three or four times against that great Iowa defense was into the free. And he just, you know, he, it's, it's why he probably is not, you know, on an NFL roster right now, um, Mo, is, is he just didn't have that. Tyler has that. If this line can block and spring him, He's gone. I mean, he had. I think he had like four or five runs over 50 yards last year. Um, he has three touchdowns on kick returns in his career, which means he can get up. So I think that'll be a fun part of this offense is let's see if you can spring that kid into the secondary and, and get him off to the races multiple times a game. No doubt about that. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, they'll figure it out. Maybe as the season progresses, they find a back they want to hand the ball to 20-plus times a game. But as you're referencing right now, maybe that isn't the case. So more 100-yard receivers than 100-yard rushers this year? Possible. I, I think because of the, the, the makeup of the roster, we talked about Span Ford. We <laughs> talked about how high I am on, on Cali Igmanis and, and his skill set. And that receiving room, um, it, frankly, once Altman Bell got hurt last year, it really was a, a struggle at that receiver room last year. And I, I give P.J. Fleck and the staff credit because they said that that's enough of that. They went out and got two bonafide Big Ten receivers and transfer portals uh, kids, uh, one from Charlotte and one from Western Michigan. They, they got three kids from Western Michigan, by the way. Another one is a linebacker, Ryan Seelig, who we'll see some time tonight. Uh, but uh, Corey Crooms, a receiver from Western Michigan, and Elijah Spencer, a receiver from Charlotte, who was the Conference USA Freshman of the Year two years ago. Um, those guys last year combined for almost 100 catches. Uh, they were each at around 50 um, and, and those guys are impressive. Lamecki Brockington has taken another step. He's the guy that had the game winner at Wisconsin. Seemed like every practice I was at, he would make at least one catch that kind of left you like, whoa, like this kid, this kid can be special. And so, you know, I know people listening or hearing me talk like, holy cow, what this guy, he must have him going 12 and 0. There's going to be <laughs> hiccups, but I do think there is some talent. And I think the offense, you know, this is an answer to that question is, you know, is it going to be a guy with 30? I think they'll throw more too, yeah. you know, and is there going to be guys with 100 yards? Yeah. I mean, I, they're going to be run heavy. There's no doubt about that. That's their, that's their DNA. But I also, think that there are going to be times where they're going to let this uh, quarterback go out and try to win a game for him, and I think that's an exciting uh, thing to look forward to. Matt Rule is the head coach now at Nebraska. He comes out of the NFL. He was in college prior to that. He was known as a program builder at a couple of different stops, Baylor being most recent, than on to the NFL. But it's a different animal in the NFL. We see it quite a bit. A college coach is successful. He goes to the NFL. He's back in college not that much uh, after that, and that's kind of the case with Matt Rule. Doesn't mean he's not an yeah. excellent coach, but it's just different. 
Yeah, and look, in the NFL, it's such a high level of play all across the board. Like, we're like, this is cut week, and you look at the cut list, and you're like, well, that guy was a first team All American two <laughs> right. years ago in college. Oh, that, you know, so it's hard to make a team. And look, in the NFL, if you don't have a difference making quarterback, I don't care if, you know, Bill Belichick's finding that out, right? Yep. You go from Tom Brady to, to Mac Jones, and Bill Belichick looks like a pedestrian head coach, and I think most would agree he's the greatest head coach of all time. And yep. Matt Rule. Uh, didn't have a guy at Carolina that was any good. They, they've been looking for a quarterback, and so that, that makes it hard. I think that's a good hire for them. I think it's probably good that Minnesota's getting them early because they're probably going to be a better team in October and November than they are now as they, as they learn their personnel and figure things out. Mm. That said, P.J. Fleck, I think, would prefer to play them maybe a month from now so that they have some film because that's their big thing. They don't know what to expect, right? Uh, sure. They're looking at film from Baylor. They're looking at some Carolina film. Uh, defensively, the defensive coordinator, they, they do have a little benefit here. The defensive coordinator was the defensive coordinator at Syracuse last year. Uh, he did not coach against the Gophers in the bowl game at Yankee Stadium, but that was the scheme. That was the same setup. And guess who was the acting defensive coordinator on that Syracuse staff? The guy who is now the co-defensive coordinator at Minnesota, Nick Monroe. Huh. Um, so they, they do have, I think, some some intimate knowledge of the of that defense and the tendencies that uh, that Tony White, the, the new defensive coordinator who came from Syracuse, has. But offensively, they have a transfer quarterback from Georgia Tech who they've never seen. Um, uh, offensive coordinator who was at South Carolina last year, but was with Rule at Baylor and was at Carolina for one year. Um, I was talking to some folks yesterday with the team and they're like they don't think they're going to run the same offense that they did at South Carolina maybe more like Baylor so they're studying film that's five or six years old and the game has changed in those years so they're they're up against it but I think it's better to play them now than than mid-October when because uh, I think this kid this guy can coach and he's going to have him playing pretty good football they recruited at a high level I mean say all you want about uh, Scott Frost um, you know, apparently he had some issues coaching, but um, he, he had he had brought in some talent. There's no doubt about that. And if they get playing, they're going to be hard. So I'm I'm glad it's tonight, and hopefully the Gophers can um, come out and and put one in the uh, W column. Decked out in gold from head to toe with his nice leisure suit, Mike Grimm joining us today on the Todd and Friends uh, podcast. It's a gold out tonight at the Gopher game. Uh, that's at 7 o'clock. We'll have the Cardinals here, but you can find Grimmer on the radio, I'm sure, to tune in uh, the Gopher game. And then we'll have them the rest uh, of the season. Uh, Mike, thanks so much, as always. Yeah, always enjoy it. Thank you. And um, looking forward to uh, you have a good call tonight. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, touch base next week. All right. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at KWLM.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.